My name's Nate, I'm an associate pastor here, and I'm here to welcome you. And I'm struck that as we celebrate Easter together, and as we worship together, and as we mourn together, that it's good to be together as a family. Amen? So we are glad that you're here. If you're visiting or if you've been here a long time, we're really glad that you made it here to be with us this morning. Also, during this special sacred service, I, for one, am enjoying and finding life from seeing beautiful children around me. Um, as I sing and worship and, and mourn, I love seeing kids. So the children are welcome in this space this morning, and I'm glad that children are here. At this time, we have a young person who is going to do our scripture reading this morning. We're going to read Matthew chapter 28, verses 1 through 10. And in your Red Pew Bibles, that's on page 835. So Alana, come on up, and thank you for doing our scripture reading. Hi. Okay, so, now after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen, and he said, Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell the disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going quickly and telling his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And he is going before you to Galilee, there you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came up and took hold of the feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. This is the word of the Lord. Some of you may be wondering, why is this church like in such a somber mood for Easter? Isn't this supposed to be very happy for you guys, like what's going on? Jane, uh, our worship leader, director, creative arts director, uh, died this past Friday. So some of you may feel the same way that I feel this morning, similar to what the disciples felt uh, on the Friday that Jesus died, and on the following Saturday. Some of you may feel the way that Martha and uh, Mary felt after their brother Lazarus had died. And so for, for some, this news is still really raw for us to experience Easter Sunday, what we come together to celebrate today, this, this resurrection day. It might be too early to experience what Mary and Martha experienced at the resurrection of their brother. I looked at when Jane passed away this past Friday, and it, and it was Good Friday. That Good Friday has never been as real as it was for Jane's husband, for Jane's dad, for Jane's mother to, to feel how Mary, the mother of Jesus, felt at the passing of her son. It's never been that real 
for Jane's sister, for all of us who were there at the hospital when she passed, and for those of us who received that news this past Friday, it's never been that real. What it must have felt like for them and how we feel right now. And I imagine that if Jane could speak to us right now, which she is speaking to many of us in spirit right now, she'd let us know about today. That it's, it's Easter Sunday, guys. It's Resurrection Sunday right now. I've known Jane for well over a decade, and I can hear her in spirit as she's in the presence of Jesus, say in her own Jane way, as she enters into the presence of God, oh my gosh, <laughs> this is amazing. And I can hear that energetic laugh that she has that I can't, I can't do it. I can try, but it would just, I, would, I would fail miserably. But you can, hear, you can hear it, can't you? You can hear that laugh. For some of us, the hope of Easter has never been so real as it is right now. That we need that, we know that we need that so bad. And in terms of the reality of our faith, this is as close to as real as it has ever gotten. That this hope-filled message of Jesus Christ coming into the awfulness of death the awfulness of our death to bring us the gift of his full life. The forgiveness of everything that separates us from God to lead us into this intimate spiritual life with God along with a physical life of this enjoyable service which Jane received all of that. She received that forgiveness, that gift of forgiveness. She received that. She received, she, she had that intimate spiritual life with God. And, and last Friday afternoon, Jane's sister-in-law was in the hospital with her. And, and Jane, um, that Friday afternoon, asked to, to be alone with God, that she wanted to be alone. She's, she's tired of all the nurses and the doctors and everyone surrounding her, that she, she really just wanted just to be with God because she hasn't had that in a really long time. And so Jane's sister-in-law escorted her to the, the meditation room on, on that hospital floor. She just felt that need to commune with God. And she, doesn't want, she didn't want anyone else with her. She just wanted to be with the Lord. And, and so... Jane's sister-in-law is a nurse, and she wasn't in a state where she can be left alone. But she really wanted to be left alone, and so she insisted, and so she was left alone. And, and Jane's sister-in-law would peek inside the door every couple of minutes just to make sure she was okay. And she told me that when she, every time she looked in, Jane was on her knees with her Bible open and just praying and being with God, receiving from God that intimate spiritual life with God, that she was experiencing that. And then she also got to experience the, the physical life of enjoyable service. Nothing brought her more joy than worshiping the Lord, than to serve God through worship. And her dream job was to worship God full time, and we were able to provide that. We, we, we did that for her. So forgiveness, and it's, it's checked. Jesus did that 
for her, for, for those of us who have received his gift of forgiveness, that, that was done. She received this intimate spiritual life with God, check. She had that. She, she was there receiving the gift of God's grace even on the day that she died. And then that physical life of enjoyable service, check. She had that. She, she experienced, we experienced that with her. So you have those three things, then what? So she received forgiveness. She had this intimate spiritual life with God. She had this physical life of, of enjoyable service. So then what? You see, what Jane received didn't end there as the same thing with Lazarus. It didn't end there. There's also an eternity, an everlasting with Jesus Christ and with his people where there's no more pain, where there's no more suffering in which she endured for a very long time. That there's this amazing hope that we have of a full resurrection and an eternity with Jesus Christ and his people. I, I really look forward to being in her presence again. I as my parting words as the person to just to pay her a last visit at the hospital and my parting words to her physical body last Friday night as I was leaving was just telling her that, oh, we'll see each other again. And then in spirit, just looking up and saying, well, that's promised to us. We'll, we'll see each other again. Jesus resurrected 2,000 years ago. That's why we're here. That's why we have that hope. That's why I can believe we'll see each other again. Lazarus resurrected 2,000 years ago, and um, I don't know if any of you have seen him around lately. <laughs> he was raised from the dead, but eventually he died too, right? But here's the weird thing. In, in John's Gospel... In chapter 11, starting in verse 24, Martha acknowledged that Lazarus will again rise at the resurrection of the last day. She recognized that. That's, that's something that all of us can look forward to. She had no idea that Jesus was going to raise him right then and there. She was speaking of a, a future. That, that, that's what we're looking for. That's what I was speaking to, to Jane Friday night. I'll see you again. That resurrection of the last day. I'll see you again. But then you continue on in verses 25 and 26 of John 11, and Jesus said this, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? And then this is what Martha answered in verse 27. Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. And this is the very question that we need to address this morning, this Easter morning, this Resurrection Sunday. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, he sh yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Do you believe that? 
I'm not going to convince you of that. I, I can't. No human can. This is the work of the Holy Spirit. And I hope that you are hearing from the Holy Spirit this morning. I hope you receive God's gift of forgiveness, that you receive that intimate spiritual life with God, that you are able to experience the physical life of enjoyable service and the amazing hope of full resurrection and eternity with him and his people. Some of you are thinking like, uh, if he's done, this is the shortest sermon that Albert's ever preached. I am, and it's a record. <laughs> Some of you are like, amen. <laughs> but I kind of want four other people to preach for me this morning and to represent God. Um, we have four people being baptized this morning who have wanted to make a public declaration before all of us. And so we're going to witness this symbolic act of dying to the old self and resurrecting anew through baptism. And so with our four, it's this beautiful picture of, of what God is doing. He is offering forgiveness. He's extending an invitation for this intimate spiritual life with him. And God is presenting the opportunity for us to have an experience in the physical life of enjoyable service and it's all pointing to this amazing hope of full resurrection coming out of the water and an eternity with him, with his people, where the old is buried and the new is resurrected. So what's going to happen is all four of them are going to share their testimonies and then we're going to baptize them. I initially wanted to baptize them first and just have them sit wet in the front here and just kind of wait. But um, I was convinced otherwise we should uh, let them share first and, and then do it. The water, um, I put some ice in there just to, to wake you guys up. It's, it's very um, therapeutic. And so it's, it's there. But, um, and it's just going to get colder as time goes on. So, um, so don't take forever on your testimony. Um, so... We're going we're gonna to hear from their testimonies. We're going to celebrate them in this public de declaration of, of them identifying with Jesus Christ in his resurrection. In their identifying with every Christian who has ever been baptized to bury the old self and resurrect a new person in Jesus Christ. So uh, I, I don't know who, who's going first. Ladies first? Or... Big brother. Oh, got them. Okay. All right. Uh, hey, everyone. Uh, my name is Gautam, and I've been coming to Regen for about eight months. And I decided to put my faith in Jesus less than a year ago. Uh, up until then, I was a Hindu, but I didn't really practice my religion. And I never really considered Christianity until I started going to church with my ex-girlfriend. And I really just went along to be supportive. I didn't really intend to believe any of what I heard. And we used to go to Passion City Church in Atlanta. And I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's a pretty big church. And they basically have like a concert and then a TED Talk as their services. <laughs> um, and I was surprised to find that I was actually enjoying the music and what they had to say. 
And the messages were actually super applicable to daily life. And they taught me some really valuable lessons. So around the same time, I also began to read the Bible. And uh, I started with John. And I found the lessons in John to be really helpful with um, life in general. And uh, we broke up at the start of summer when I left Atlanta and moved back to uh, the Bay Area. And um, I was really sad. And I didn't really want to talk to anyone about it. And I just spent a lot of time thinking that summer. And I also kept reading the Bible. And I started this 21-day challenge where you read a chapter of John every day. And then you pray, God, if you're real, please show me a sign that only I will understand. And as I read the Bible, I started to apply the lessons from John. And I realized they were making a huge positive impact in my life. I started feeling more purposeful, more compassionate, and less angry and sad. And there were several unexpected things, good things that happened that summer that felt like signs, like reconciling friendships and uh, new opportunities that arose. And all these positive changes in my life and the countless hours I spent thinking about it and the signs that only I understood, they made me put my faith in Jesus that summer. And coming to Regen and meeting all the great people here has helped me grow in my faith. And I hope to keep growing and serving God from this day on. Hi, Regen fam. I'm Walter. Uh, I've been coming to Regen since October 11, 2018. Before that date, I was in Houston, Texas, uh, pretty much vegetating in bed, uh, depressed because I uh, I sinned a lot. And uh, my first stop here in Oakland uh, was... Uh, was here at Regent after, after the airport. I came directly over here because uh, I was in trouble. And uh, funny things, that day a child was born. <laughs> I'm not talking about myself. I'm uh, talking about my good friend, uh, Billy Barnett's uh, kid. He was born that day. They, uh, like five minutes after he, uh, we got done talking, he got a phone call. Hey, uh, Lackland is being born, so he rushed after the hospital. I never knew this uh, until like later on that I uh, that I learned this. So I always been a believer. I always been into the uh, Christian faith, but I never believed the way I believe now because just like baptism, it's uh, I think of it as as a commitment of following Christ, of being reborn. And uh, I never trusted God before. I always limited God, saying that, well, it's too busy to help me, or he has a lot of things. So I, uh, my little human brain limited his uh, omnipotence. <laughs> and uh, this time, uh, he has worked some miracles in my life. So they say in the, in the Bible, it says that... Uh, if you hear me knocking, open the door, and that's what I'm doing right now today. I want to go into that water and come out new again because it has shown me that uh, 
fall in Christ is, uh, is, is something that, uh, that I need to do. That's my purpose now on since I've arrived here in Oakland and, and all the people that God has put in my life from now, uh, now on. It's, uh, it's been a miracle. It's been an, a, a spiritual awakening, a rebirth of me. So uh, it's been a blessing to come here and can't wait for the future see what he calls for me. So just, I just want to be a, a child of God and continue to live in, in, his, in his footsteps. So thank you. She did it. Oh, it's my brother. <laughs> Hi, I'm Brenda. <sighs> Sticking to the script because I need to cope with emotions right now. So I have heard baptism is an external manifestation of an internal transformation. But in my case, the external preceded the internal. To understand this reversal, let me first share my story. I was born into a Catholic family and baptized when I was four months old. The thought that my parents desired their baby girl to receive the Holy Spirit still touches me. Sadly, about four years later, that little girl will become a victim of sexual abuse. Unfortunately, I did not receive the help I needed then. My parents' silence taught me to push through by minimizing and burying such a terrible memory. Besides that episode, I experienced another major disillusionment where at least suspected of my first communion. I was next in line to receive the body of Christ for the first time. And yet, that enthusiasm was eclipsed by a reprimand. Hurry up, I don't have your time, my priest said. From then on, I grew up mistrusting the fake community around me, a community that in my mind dwelled in empty performances and imposed obedience rather than in a, our love-giving God. So regardless of my mishaps, I continued to believe in God. He was truly my refuge. I recall talking to him over the years, venting and telling him I accepted the circumstances I was in because I was certain there was a reason for everything. However, I do not recall asking him for help. So my childhood trauma was actually limiting my relationship with God. I had created an unhealthy narrative for myself that my struggles were not as serious as <laughs> I had unconsciously developed unhealthy survival skills, shaping myself around very unfortunate experiences at a very early age. But God certainly knows me better than anyone, including myself. And here's where the external manifestation preceded the internal transformation. God knew I needed a special community one that is truly inclusive, one that does not judge, but rather welcomes difficult questions. God, let me hear through one of you. Here I realized that I had lived most of my life in over my head, trying to overcome storms on my own, that I had not fully allowed God into my childhood pain, into a place that was so tender and heavy with emotion. Today, I acknowledge the power of vulnerability and community, the power of surrender and prayer, the power of asking for help. So my baptism is the best gift I can offer God right now, today, 
as we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ, our Savior, a gift that embodies Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11. He has made everything beautiful in its time. This verse reveals, reveals God's weaving mastery because he brought us together when Walter and I most needed you. Um, so we, along my inner child, are so blessed to attest to the goodness you have been carrying out in the name of our Father and of the Son of Man and of the Holy Spirit. We love you and we are forever grateful. Thank you. Hi, my name is Patrick. I am a new Christian, and I was not raised in a Christian home, uh, but I feel like I've kind of always had a, a belief in God, but, uh, and that you know, seeds were planted pretty early on. But over you know, many years, I kind of just tried to control my life myself and uh, was brought to a really dark place. And um, just through miracles and uh, Christian friends and um, you know, experimenting with prayer and reading the Bible, I came to Christ. And uh, so thank God for that. And it uh, feels good to be saved.
beautiful huh you kind of wonder what happens at the church because you don't always see you know these transformed lives um, but these are just four lives there are many more of you out there and there's a whole community in the Bay Area that we're looking to touch in the name of Jesus Christ uh, his resurrection power at this time is communion where that broken cracker is symbolizing the broken body of Christ that was sacrificed for us. 
the grape juice there symbolizing Christ's blood shed for us. And as you take those elements and, and take them within yourself to recognize that I, I have received that forgiveness. I have received that intimate spiritual life. I have received the empowerment to do service, enjoyable service in his name. And I have received that amazing hope of eternity with him and with loved ones that have gone before us like Jane.